On Second Shot, we tackle two new headlines every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And we want you to be a part of that. When you see a headline you want to take a second shot at, or if you're looking for advice, or just want to tell us what you think of the show, email us at secondshotcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This helps us move up in the ratings so more people will see us. And if you want to hear more, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes will get straight to you every single Friday. We love you. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Heath Oaks is a millennial mogul whose ignorance on fire led him to fail his way to success. Jenny Anchando is an Emmy award-winning journalist whose sharp eye and biting wit have led to her storied career in television. Together, they tackle today's headlines in a way only an odd couple with a dash of perfect opposite can. So kick back, relax, and join the conversation. This is Second Shot with your hosts, Heath and Jenny. Welcome into another at-home edition of the Second Shot podcast. It's called Second Shot with Heath and Jenny, but you know, someone has to child rear. And today is Heath's day, or at least this afternoon. He's already been working all day. I have been too, but we want to make sure and continue to bring you good content. So of course we have producer Matt and producer Zach in the house. Hey guys. Hey, how are you? Hi. I'm doing well, and I just love seeing your um, home offices. <laughs> I at least I have a chair right now. I, I didn't last time. I was sitting on the edge of a bed, which was uh, a problem for my back. So I said, I got to pull a chair in here if I'm going to make this thing permanent. Still have the ironing board, though. I, I, I'm staying true to my roots, and I still have that. But uh, I listening on iTunes, not everybody can see this, but some people are seeing the stuffed animals in the background. And then Zach, you have quite the setup too. Those are the dog toys back there, by the way. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, I'm a little, I mean, on the one hand, I'm proud of what's happening in this room uh, because this is all Christine's end of things. Uh, On the other hand, yeah, our apartment's a little small, so we don't have a whole lot of people over. So it's definitely not designed for public access. This is the inside scoop you're getting here on this podcast. Nobody else sees this stuff, so... Congrats. See, the only thing that I'm loving about this whole thing is I'm very much enjoying seeing the inner workings of everybody's homes. And, you know, we're still very much at risk for a Brighton drive by, and it's all good. So, Where we've are been they right now? in the backyard. Okay. In the backyard. And it's, um, it's starting to get hot here in Texas. I know a lot of our listeners are around the country where it's still a little bit colder, but here in Texas, Oh my goodness, it is starting to get warm. So I'm excited about this. You know, parks are closed here. All um, state parks are closed in the state of Texas. So those are off limits. They're telling kids do not go to the playgrounds. Don't go across the street to the school. Stay in your own little backyard and make the most of it. So we've been trying to transition and, and, you know, instead of doing headlines right now, we're just trying to bring the best resources to our audience that we can think of. And the best doctor I know of that we have access to is Dr. James Pickney. He is um, from Diamond Physicians, the CEO of that company. And really, this guy is the master of telemedicine. Hello. <laughs> hey. Oh, thank you, Jenny. Oh, my gosh. Well, th- this is, it's, it's really, um, gosh, what a freaking bizarre time. You and I have spoken many times over the years about various, you know, medical circumstances. I never thought we would be talking about something like this, but what are you, what are you seeing from your 
your patients, the, the people within your practice? Uh, how are things going on that end? Yeah, you know, this is a once in a generation uh, occurrence. You know, our last global pandemic was really in 1918 with the Spanish influenza. And we kind of knew it was coming, but you didn't think it was going to be here right now. So uh, the last uh, three weeks have been absolutely chaotic. Um, we've been fortunate enough to have a model that already implements telemedicine, which means that we do a lot of our doctor visits uh, virtually. So we have an app called DoctorLink that our patients already have, and we, we did about 70% of our visits via uh, our app anyways. So now that we've transitioned to uh, quarantine, home shelter, uh, social distancing, it was really an easy transition for us. But a lot of insurance-based doctors, it has been very difficult to see patients because they're not used to doing telemedicine. Right. Yeah, Zach, you had a question about that. Just kind of wondering what this is. Yeah. Uh, so I've done a little telemedicine in the past. A few years ago, I was involved with, it, with a, a, a small uh, company that was doing it. And it was so cool. And I just wanted to share with people who may not know, like, what exactly is telemedicine? How does it work? Uh, is it like normal medicine? Do you go to a hospital? Do you do it on your phone? Just... For anybody out there who's never even heard that term, just real quick, what is that exactly? So, so telemedicine is essentially speaking with your doctor or uh, video chatting with your physician uh, and doing the visit virtually. So you can use your cell phone, um, you can use other platforms like Skype or FaceTime. Those aren't HIPAA compliant. We have our own app, which is HIPAA compliant, HIPAA compliant meaning that it's encrypted, that it's secure. Uh, but that's telemedicine. It's basically doing medicine not face-to-face, but via the phone or an app. And so how can you tell via phone or app if somebody you know, has potentially coronavirus or, or something else that really needs attention? So when I'm triaging my patients, the, the questions that I ask um, are the symptoms of coronavirus or COVID-19. So essentially we're looking for, have they had a fever? A fever is uh, defined as a temperature over 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit. Do you have a cough? Uh, are you short of breath? Um, do you have abdominal pain or diarrhea? And one of the other symptoms that is uh, fairly rare is loss of taste and loss of smell. And a lot of times people that present with uh, the inability to taste or smell, that's the only symptom that they present with. So that's something that doctors have to keep in mind for diagnosing COVID-19 uh, is, is that nuance. Another one that is fairly rare is conjunctivitis or, or pink eye. Um, that can also be one of the symptoms of COVID-19, but typically people are gonna have fever, body aches, sore throat, um, potentially a cough, and then respiratory symptoms, really shortness of breath or trouble breathing, and, and those are the telltale signs. Okay, I, I asked you ahead of time if you're comfortable talking about this because I think it's so incredibly important to get your perspective. You, you were sick a while back, really sick. Talk about what that experience was like, what the, I know that you went and, you know, had the test and everything. Explain that from a physician's perspective. Yeah, you know, I, um, I'm feeling a lot better now, but I was, I was really sick. And um, I, I, we have a, a subsidiary in, in Los Angeles. So I was actually in LA um, about a month ago now. And the day I left Los Angeles was when they declared a state of emergency in LA County. So um, I got back to Dallas and really was, was, was worried at this point um, about COVID-19. And 14 days prior, uh, after I left Los Angeles is when I had my first symptom. And that is the kind of the max incubation period, two to 14 days. 
typically people are having symptoms around five days, but I personally had symptoms um, 14 days prior to, after I thought I um, may have been connected with someone who had COVID-19. And the reason why I think I was exposed if I do have COVID-19 in LA is because nobody else was sick at my office. None of the patients that I saw um, in the week after I um, got back from LA are sick. So I'm thinking it had to have occurred then. And because I was, I was self-quarantining um, on March 11th. March 11th was when I shut the office down and I had all of our staff work from home and we're only doing um, in-person urgent care visits for uh, very urgent needs. And um, I got sick about uh, a week after that. So I'm thinking it might have been LA. I had the typical symptoms, 102 fever, body aches. I felt terrible, like it was a bad flu. Um, I got better in about three to four days and, and felt pretty good on day five. Uh, went to the park. The parks weren't closed at that point with my family on day six. And uh, day six, night, I started getting short of breath. My oxygen saturation started dropping. And, you know, I have actually I have a pulse ox right here, which measures your blood oxygen. I've got all this stuff here at my house. Uh, and I, I was really concerned. And then day seven, I felt horrible. I mean, I was in bed all day, day seven and day eight, and I felt so bad. Day eight, I actually had to go to the emergency room, not because I was short of breath per se, but because I wasn't getting better and I wanted to get tested and I wanted to get a chest X-ray and some blood work to make sure I wasn't missing something. So I was, I didn't want to use resources for people that were really, really sick. So I went to a small uh, freestanding ER that I have uh, some connections with and I got tested and my test was negative, but it was a PCR test, a polymerase chain reaction test. And um, that's what most labs are doing. And it's basically trying to grow the virus. But unfortunately, that PCR test has a 25 to 30% false negative rate. Now, is so, that like the nose swab or is that? Yeah, the it's a nasopharyngeal swab. You can do it with an oral pharyngeal swab too, but it is super uncomfortable. I mean, they went, I thought they were going into my brain. I'm like, oh, wow, it's, 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 it was very um, uncomfortable, but necessary. And uh, my results came back negative. So what that means is that I'm not infectious if I uh, did have COVID-19. But what I have to do and what I recommend everybody do at some point when the tests are more readily available is a antibody test, a serum IgG, IgM test that will tell you if you were infected with coronavirus at some point because you will have antibodies uh, for COVID-19. I cannot wait until that comes out because it's so bizarre when you, you hear this and, and everything that you had sounds like you had this virus, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the really the thing that, I, that set me apart from the common cold or the flu was the way the symptoms presented. Most people with COVID-19 that do present with moderate symptoms get better. And then the second week, they crash. And that's, and that's where people that have moderate to severe symptoms get into trouble. It's not during the first week. It's during seven, eight, and nine, day seven, eight, nine, when you have this called cytokine storm, where the virus actually triggers your immune system in such a fashion that your immune system attacks your lung cells and can cause serious damage. And all of a sudden, your oxygen saturations just plummet. And you're, not, and you're in a lot of trouble and you have to be rushed to the hospital. And that's why people are having to put on um, ventilators be intubated, a tube down the throat and on a ventilator, a machine that helps you breathe. Uh, it's really um, a, a bad disease. And, and I think people now, because we've had so many deaths in America, are taking it more seriously. But I wish we would have taken it more seriously, you know, three, 
uh, three weeks ago, almost four weeks ago now. Yeah, four weeks ago when I shut down my office, um, I wish um, government would have been a little bit more proactive. And I understand we were worried about the economy, but this was inevitable. And we knew uh, six weeks ago that this was coming and we just did not act fast enough. You guys were, were really the first people, your, your family was really the first family that I know of that took this incredibly seriously in our area. Dr. James's, you know, offices all over, but based in the Dallas-Fort Worth area here. And um, I remember thinking, oh, wow, okay, they're not leaving the house. And we, we immediately followed, this was, what, 24 days ago now, followed your cue to do that as well. I want to hear about some of the like best practices. Um, I've been seeing all these videos going around YouTube about how, what what to do with groceries and, and isn't, you know, my girlfriends and I are talking about that and, and what, what, what's safe. Um, I know he thinks that I am a lunatic for the way that I am disinfecting the, the, everything that comes into our house. And I guess I need to know, first of all, Zach and Matt, are you doing that? And then (laughs) Dr. James, what should we be doing? Yeah, so, that, so that's a great question. And you cannot be too careful uh, with, this, with this virus. When we talk, when we laugh, we are spewing respiratory droplets into the atmosphere. And originally we thought that the range was about six feet. And now studies are coming out that the range could be 10 to 15 feet. So this social distancing, I like the word physical distancing because social means to me, sounds like we should be getting together and only be six feet apart. We should not be getting together right now. We should be physically distancing, distancing ourselves as much as possible. Um, in my opinion, 10 to 15 feet, not the recommended six feet. Uh, but if, but the, my point is, we don't know who's packaging our food. We don't know who's putting, bo- putting things in boxes. So you can't be too careful. COVID-19 lives on cardboard for 24 hours plus. It lives on plastic and other surfaces for up to nine days. Uh, and you just don't know. Uh, obviously, we're having a lot of things delivered, groceries, packages. What I do, you would, you would love to see my routine. I mean, I put on gloves. Look, I've got, I've got gloves right here in my office. I, got, I put on gloves. My N, where's my N95 mask? I put on my N95 mask. That's probably a little overkill, but I've got all this stuff because I'm a medical doctor. And I gear up. And I put on things that I can automatically put in the uh, washing machine when I'm done. So I usually put on some scrubs. I uh, open everything up in the garage. I have Clorox wipes. I wipe down everything meticulously and I put it in a pile that is my clean pile. And when I'm done, I break down the boxes. I put them in the recycle bin. Um, and then I come inside, like, like I'm scrubbing in a surgery. I mean, I'm washing my hands up to my elbows. I take off my clothes and then I bring all the clean stuff inside. So that's my routine. That's what you should do for um, non-food uh, products. So, um, you know, we order a lot of Amazon. I'm not gonna say who in my family orders a lot of Amazon, but I think you know who it is, Jenny. It's me. <laughs> so we get packages every day. And, um, but when it comes to food, you really need to do the same thing. Now I don't do the food in the garage. I bring the food inside to a designated area. And I, um, all my fruits and vegetables, uh, I put into the sink and wash them with cold water. You shouldn't use soap on fruits and vegetables because soap is, is, is not, it's toxic yeah, to the human body. It. it can cause uh, gastrointestinal signs. But cold water, thoroughly rinse all that and I let it dry overnight. Um, everything else, I wipe down with Clorox because if you put something that goes in your freezer and you don't wipe it down, 
COVID-19 can live for two years frozen. So you could be taking that out of your freezer a year from now uh, and reinfect yourself with COVID-19, or if you never were infected, infect yourself the first time. We also don't know, there's eight different strains of this thing out there right now. So you really need to be diligent and clean things, wipe them down, have a designated spot. So I wipe down all my um, food product that's not that's in a box with Clorox wipes. Anything that is edible, I wash thoroughly with with cold water um, and even warm water on some things. And and we have a, a spray, a pesticide, organic pesticide spray that we use for we used to use anyways for fruits and vegetables. I pretty much spray that on everything at this point, and and wash it down thoroughly. Okay, Zach and Matt, does this change your tune at all when it comes to bringing stuff into the house? I um. I feel like I shouldn't admit this in front of a medical doctor, although I will say I will not be showing this show to anybody that lives in my house. Um, <laughs> I, I am doing, I, I would say, I think what this has done is has made me more aware of the things that I was doing that maybe were not protecting me as much from uh, getting sick. Now I wash my hands like any uh, normal person would, but I may wash them a little bit more and I may be a little bit more careful about touching my face. And, and um, you know, when I'm out in public, I may try to, I, I try to stay farther away from people. But I, I think for me, um, kind of like we talked about a little bit last week of, of the mental side of this thing, um, for me, I'm doing my best to balance between being safe and not feeling like I'm living in a clean room and like just wanting to go about my life. And I know maybe uh, medically, that's probably not maybe not the best thing to do, but at least for my own mental health, like I kind of have to try to at least uh, have a little bit of normalcy to my normal day. And Zach, I don't know if you feel that way, but that's 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 where I, my head's at, at least. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing like hardly any of that stuff. I probably should. Uh, no. Okay. Well, hold on. I'm doing some of that stuff. Uh, definitely washing hands a lot more, definitely a lot more hand sanitizer. I have this, uh, big, uh, jar of like Clorox wipes in my car that, that I got a little while ago that, uh, I, everything I do, I wipe my hands down in between steering wheel, handles, doors, all that stuff. And then any packages that come to the house, we've been wiping down with Clorox, which feels silly, I think. But at the same time, like definitely think seems smart. And, and based on what Dr. James is saying, definitely seems like something we should be doing more I'm, of. So yeah, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Because I don't have to hide my crazy anymore. <laughs> you're, not, you're not crazy. You're not crazy, Jenny. You're, you're smart. You're prepared. Yeah. Look, guys, I know you don't have the same perspective that I do, but you know, I've been working with... Uh, uh, facilities and hospitals in Italy for the last two weeks trying to get them ventilators and, and uh, personal protective equipment. When I tell you it's bad, that's an understatement. New York is now Italy. And obviously we're, we're here in, in Texas, but I know firsthand from colleagues all over the country, this is serious. This is a disease that does not discriminate. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter where you live. COVID-19 can take your life. Now, with that being said, 85% of people are going to be asymptomatic or have mild symptoms. But the people that have moderate symptoms and the 5% that have severe symptoms, those people, it doesn't matter who you are. You, you, yes, the elderly over 65 and people with pre-existing conditions and low immune systems are more apt to have a bad outcomes. But I know for a fact, I, I'm gonna share, my roommate from college is a physician, okay? He passed away last Friday from COVID-19, oh, okay? Detroit, Michigan, three kids under five, 
uh, you know, we're praying for his family, but this is no preexisting conditions. This is serious. And I want you and all the listeners to understand that you have to, don't be afraid, don't panic, but be prepared. And you can be prepared by doing these simple things, washing your hands, wearing a face covering when you go out, okay? Staying away from people. My neighbors invited us to a get together where everybody was gonna stand six feet apart and talk. No. That is ridiculous. Do not do that. This is, I, I can't stress to the audience enough how serious this is. People are dying and most people are asymptomatic. So you don't even know if you have it or not because the COVID-19 testing is so obscure and, and we don't have enough. So for the next three months, we're not even gonna know who's infected. It's predicted to have 50% of our population infected with COVID-19, okay? 160 million people will have this disease and the vast majority of them will not even know it. So you have to protect yourself, you have to protect others, and stay inside as most counties at this point have, have mandated the shelter in place. But, um, you know, this is serious. I so appreciate the serious message and, and, I, and I appreciate the, like, hey, we cannot mess around with this. And, and gosh, I'm so sorry about your, your friend. And, and I appreciate you sharing that with us because here's the thing, you guys. M most people at this point ha haven't been hit in the gut yet. Um, they've been hit by the inconvenience and the finances and, and, and these other you know, more subsidiary things. But, but to lose a, a loved one, that's what um, we're all really up against. So Dr. James, I appreciate you being so sincere and, and sharing all of these tips. I want everybody to know how to find you, how to contact you, how to, how to get in touch with you should they need uh, your services and your practice. Yeah, you know, this is, um, and, and thank you for that, Jenny. This is a time where we all need to come together and, and work together as a, as a society, as humanity. Um, you know, if you want to, if you need a doctor in a personal relationship with a physician, I think everybody does, especially in this just unprecedented time. You can go to diamondphysicians.com, uh, our website, and fill out our contact information. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at, at @diamondphy. Uh, Diamond PHY or, or me at, at the underscore Dr. James. Uh, but this is a this is a time where the healthcare system is is exposed. We already had a broken healthcare system. We we know we don't have the capacity to take care of everybody that is sick right now. And um, doing your part and getting with a, a private physician, direct primary care, Diamond Physicians would, would go a long way to help you and your family. Um, but also it will shed light on the aspects of our healthcare system that are flawed. Um, we don't have enough ventilators in this country, okay? Some estimates say we have about um, anywhere from 70 to 150,000 ventilators. We've got 330, 340 million people in this country. You're telling me we only have 150,000 ventilators? Very. The chaos that is going to ensue in the next seven to 10 days is unfathomable. And we just have to do better. We have to start manufacturing things here in America. We have to stop depending on other countries. We, I'm not saying we, sh we shouldn't you know, import goods, but we, we are so exposed right now from a um, capacity standpoint to take care of Americans, it is sad. This is the greatest nation in the world, and you're telling me we can't take care of sick people? I mean, there's, and I could go on and on about, about that, but the point is, um, you know, healthcare is something that everybody deserves to have, and unfortunately, it, it's not accessible to everyone. Uh, I think Diamond Physicians is trying to do what we can with our offices and our physicians to be accessible, to be affordable, and it really is a great way to, to um, practice medicine and, and be a part of this healthcare system, direct primary care with diamond physicians.
Dr. James, thank you so much for the insight. Be well, hugs and love to your family. And you guys, we will be back in the second segment of Second Shot. Thanks, Jenny. You know you have a good partnership when the most recent reviews of your podcast are actually about the sponsor and how well it worked for them. So uh, yeah, you guys, Energy Ogre is legit. It's the real deal if you're living in Texas and not using it what is going on with you. So the way this works is they shop around your energy bills. So if you have, uh, you know, or with a certain company, they will check every month to make sure you're getting the best deal. We have saved more than $100 a month ever since doing this. And you know, it's winter now, sign up now when it comes summer, you're gonna be saving insane money. So the way that you get on board with this is energyogre.com. And then when you go to sign up, you will get a free month when you use the code second shot. I don't know, was this the best financial decision we made this year? Possibly. (laughs) It has saved us so much money. So again, energyogre.com and then use the code second shot. If they cannot save you money, you won't get charged anything. So it's zero risk. You are going to love us for it. You're going to write us a review, not about the podcast content, but about Energy Ogre. And we're okay with it. Welcome back into Second Shot. The at-home editions continue and the beatdowns continue. <laughs> I mean, not really a beatdown, but you guys, he's, I mean, I, 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 I get a sense that people are taking this. It's a very, very varying degrees of taking it seriously, so to speak. I, yeah, it's. I think uh, at least for me, and I'm glad we we had him on there, and I'm and I'm glad for his perspective. But um, you know, he's he's right. At least for me, like I haven't had that happen yet, and I, you know, I may, I may not. I mean, hopefully, uh, everyone who I'm uh, close to is is okay. Um, but yeah, it's hard. You know, I I think we're hearing all sorts of varying degrees of, well, you know, yeah. I know at the beginning it was like, well, only if you're old, is, is it going to bother you? And then that d- doesn't seem to be the case. And um, now people are talking about, well, it may come back in the, in the fall. And so I, I don't, I don't really know. I think on a, on a, uh, if you want to get like really deep and existential about it, I really know how to process some of this stuff. Cause I'm like, I can't, I don't want to go through this again. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to get to November uh, and it'd be like, well, it's time to, you know, tape up your doors and, and you're back inside. So, um, like I like I said in the in the first segment, I'm I'm trying at least just to to keep my day as normal as possible. Just thinking, okay, maybe in a, in a couple of you know a month from now or uh, six weeks from now, um, my life can feel uh, somewhat normal. Yeah, I've I've noticed this like what what feels like this weird um, kind of in between period where we're at now. I think it's an in between period. Maybe not. Maybe maybe this is a good sign. You know, they I, I heard when we started this whole self quarantine thing. That if, if it all goes well, if everything goes successful, if this quarantine mostly works, then you won't notice that many cases. And like it, it shouldn't have that big of an impact. And that's a sign of it working. Like that's a sign of, of, of everything, you know, all green lights. If it doesn't work, we have a very opposite problem and that's bad. But like it feels like we've been doing this for a few weeks and now some people are starting to think, hey, you know what? this isn't really affecting me, right? Like I'm at home, but I don't know anybody that's really got it. Like this hasn't really slipped into my social sphere yet. And what's scary about that is I think it leads to this false confidence. It's kind of the problem I've got. And listen to Dr. James when he says I should be wiping everything down. Like in a way, I feel like I'm okay because I don't know anybody that has it. And it's like, 
it's it's a little too far away personally to feel like it's really a problem. And I, I have to keep reminding myself to step back and read an article every once in a while and just look at the news for 10 seconds and think, okay, no, this is a very real problem. And, and Hey, remove yourself from news. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad idea. So going on in the world, I, I do understand some people can get too immersed and too obsessed with it, but removing yourself from what's going on at any point in your life is usually not a judicious way to live because you need to know what's happening in the world. Right. I'm not saying sit there and watch CNN and Fox News Channel and your local news all day, every day. I'm just saying, you know, be, be plugged in with the reality of what's actually happening here. But um, yeah, it, it, it does get that sense of like, okay, we've been doing this for so long and people are sick of it. And then they think, oh, well, I'm just going to go out and do this other thing anyway. It's like we see kids at the park across the street or at the playground across mm-hmm. the street. And I'm like, really? We, we've, we all know how long this is going to live on plastic. This is not a good idea. And I, and I get it because um, it's really hard to be inside with a child for what we are now on day 24, 25, um, being inside with Brighton. It's no joke. I mean, it is not easy. It's, um, it's incredibly hard to explain to them what's going on. And, and um, so I get why parents are doing that, but I hope that the message you know, gets across to not do that. Yeah. It's, it's such a big impact, right? It affects so many of us. And the thing I've heard people liken it to, at least in scale is something like nine 11, which it's not like nine 11, but that's the closest we can identify in our lives. That's like this affected this, this huge national wave mm-hmm. of people. Right. And even that was just, was just kind of far away. Like, obviously it was a threat and it was scary, but we got through it and we were okay. This is like, the daily, right? Like it's people are wearing masks. And I I was just talking to Matt between the break. Now I've got to find a place to get a mask and I want to see if you had one. And, and, and now that's a stage in this whole thing. We're wearing masks now. What's next? You know, it's, it's, it's it's a, it's a spooky thing. And what Dr. James said that we didn't get on air was that he said, everybody absolutely should be wearing a face covering just because you don't want those particles to get out again, because even though you might not present symptoms, you could still have it and not know it. And then every time you laugh or spit or just you know breathe heavily those particles are going out and then potentially infecting somebody else so um you know he said even a bandana over your face is better than nothing we have a mask because this was a kind of scary situation but i'll share it briefly we went in um brighton was very sick um about three weeks ago very very sick and um we went to Right, her pediatrician's office was closed. We went to the, um, it's not urgent care. It's, um, you know, this little, it's like a pop-up. Yeah. First responder the, ER we, thing. Yeah. Um, her symptoms and they declined us, told us to leave, call the health department and gave us all masks. They refused wow. to see us because of her symptoms, because of the similarity to COVID-19. So, then, you know, we called, the, we, we, we were making multiple calls. We couldn't find a test anywhere. We couldn't find anybody anywhere. Finally got, you know, once her pediatrician opened up, they tested her for strep. She had that. She had an ear infection. She tested negative for coronavirus, but she had also had an, um, had pink eye about a week or so prior to that, which we now is, is a, um, potential symptom of coronavirus. So it's possible just like with Dr. James that she had it and did not, um, 
you know, it was one of the 20 or 30%. So that so anyway, that's the reason why we have masks, we, because you can't buy them anywhere. Um, there are a lot of people making masks on the uh, Park City's Babysitter Club. For all the uh, moms out there, if you're on the Park City's place, uh, Zach, I may have to order you one because I bet they're not going to let you in the group. Um, <laughs> one with a, with a bandana. Matt, do you have a mask and have you been wearing that around? Uh, I don't have them now. We do have them coming. Um, so there are, there are some on the way. And uh, again, I'm sort of anticipating um, the, either the county or the state or the federal government to say, hey, you probably ought to be wearing these. And then I don't want to be caught without one. So uh, we do have them. But yeah, and I really have not been going out all that much. You know, I, I'd say maybe a, a couple of times a week and really not really getting out of the car. Um, I think that's part of that routine that I've been trying to keep up is just, we'll just go on a drive somewhere um, and just do something. So I don't come into a contact with a whole lot of people. So, um, but I, I do have some coming. Yeah. So, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, I've got a friend that's making some, she's actually got, well, a friend of a friend, I should say. Uh, and she's got a lot of anxiety about this whole thing and to kind of help keep her centered. She's been making masks for people and donating them to hospitals. It's, it's a really cool way to kind of, I don't know, focus on the problem and do something productive, I think. I wanted to focus on some of the fun solutions that are happening in the Facebook group really quickly. Facebook.com slash groups slash second shot. Shout out to Lee Bibb and his wife, Molly. They sent in a honey bun cake. And so we posted a picture of us in all of our at-home glory devouring the honey bun cake. Uh, Molly, she's got this page onward with Molly. She's a riot. She's been baking up a storm which a lot of people have been doing. I don't know how they're doing it because you can't find flour anywhere. So shout out to Molly. Also shout out to Deb McCoy who posted about Sweet Pearls Bakery side hustle update. And we got some page pictures in the group. They say kindness rises. Um, Sweet Pearls Bakery created uh, some cookie decorating kits to occupy kids while in quarantine. Uh, but at day 15, they had sold 275 of them. Um, they say that's not the cool part. They actually um, have been the middle men or women, um, neighbors buying boxes for the neighborhood kids and then surprising them. And so they're like paying it forward double because first of all, they're supporting a local business. And then second of all, they're surprising a loved one. Um, they are, you know, shout out to Troop Texas. That's actually where Heath is from and they just are doing a beautiful thing. So I wanted to just give a shout out to Sweet Pearls Bakery and the cookie kits. I think it's super, super sweet. And I love, wow. you know, I know we had some serious stuff on here, but also wanted to just give a shout out to the positivity happening there within the community. Yeah. There's been this like really cool opportunity to, <laughs> You use your time, right? We've all, we've all suddenly have a lot more of it because we're staying in. And those of us that aren't essential employees that aren't working um, have a lot more time to work on things like that and give back and, and breathe a little easier, maybe. Uh, an odd silver lining of this whole thing. I yes. Yeah. So do the question of the week. We'll make it quick here. I know that we're going long, but heck, we're just podcasting like crazy here. So question of the week is this, what, what has been the biggest change for you because of this? What has been the biggest adjustment or change? And for me, and I brought this up last show, I'm still not over it. I do not like, um, I don't like working and, uh, for lack of a better word, ignoring my child to do work. We, we you know, she, everything's out the window. She watched a movie at, 8.30 this morning, <laughs> you know, things are just really chaotic that way. So our, I think 
obviously there's financial impact. I mean, no, nobody's, you know, making much money right now. There's, there's financial and there's, um, having to be apart from family. I, I don't, that's really hard as well. Um, but primary impact, just two people working from home and, and not being able to have that help. What about you guys? Um, I'll say for me, I mean, the most obvious thing is working from home. I, I didn't, Mm-hmm. this is the first I've ever really, uh, done any of that. Um, I've always worked either, you know, at a, at a, a building or a station or at the studios. Um, so this is my first time spending any significant amount of time working from home and just trying to learn the ins and outs of that. Um, and get my rhythm down and not just want to roll out of bed at, you know, I've got a nine fifteen meeting and I'll <laughs> the, the urge to roll out of bed at nine ten and turn the computer on and be like, okay, I'm ready to go. Um, so I'm trying to do things that, to uh, to make it feel more like a normal day. Uh, the other thing is the dog smell. Uh, it's so, so hard to get them washed now because we used to go to a self-serve dog wash and that's all closed. Um, and uh, we did find someone in the neighborhood who was is a groomer and could you know take them kind of contactlessly. You just sort of drop them off and pick them back up. So um, looking at that, but uh, yeah, the dogs are a little. Um, it's I'm gonna have to bust out the swimming pool and, and wash them in the back backyard or something. Do you hear Charlie in the background? I don't know if that's picking up on this mic. He's no, I, I thought there was a dog outside. I thought I heard something. Maybe that was Charlie. Uh, what about you? Uh, so mine is a similar thing. I think obviously staying at home, right. But, but spending so much more time with Christine, my, my, my newlywed wife, very long time girlfriend and roommate, of course, I think a lot of us have been doing, obviously spending more time with whoever you're with, right. Whoever you're quarantined with. And for those of us who have somebody to spend time with, that's probably a good thing, right? It's good to have conversation. I think if you're living single, you might want to try to reach out to some folks and and engage a little bit more socially because it's good for you. But when you don't, both don't have jobs to go to and suddenly you're spending a lot more time together and sharing a lot more interest than you normally are. It's a little daunting. Now to be fair, Christine and I have done a really great job of it. I think we're really connecting and I think we're really like, I don't know. I I mean, we always have, right. We're married, but like, I think I'm, I'm afraid at the end of this thing, like the divorce rate's going to skyrocket. And I like, I think people are going to drive each other nuts a little bit and, and that's okay. And that's, healthy sometimes um and and we've used it effectively but at the same time there's definitely days when we wake up and we're just not on the same track and like mentally we're not quite there and and i'll be thinking about work and she'll be thinking about stuff and it's tough it's it's tough to not you know butt heads a little sometimes um and we've been super cool about it but uh i I don't know it's just something i've been thinking about and and asked a couple friends about like how's that going with with you guys over there so just making sure everybody's even keel, I think is important. It's hard. And I, I think if anybody who says it's not is, uh, full of it. Um, but I, I just, for their, for our second shot community, we are here for you. We, we commiserate, we empathize. We're in it with you. Charlie, Charlie's right here. He went and barked <laughs> about him and came over for some pets. Like, am I still your favorite? Yes, you are. Um, so a reminder, if you want to join us in the second shot group and all, you know, hang out there and share your victories and, and share your challenges, facebook.com slash groups slash second shots. 
if you're listening to this and, and enjoying it, um, and if you think somebody could benefit from any of these interviews, whether there's the therapist or the financial planner we had recently, um, go back on those episodes. They were really helpful, I think. Um, or the doctor, share it with a friend, share it with a loved one. Um, you know, we're just this little small operation trying to put out content for you. And so we would love to uh, get a rating, a review, uh, uh, or a share. Okay, Matt, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, they can find me on Instagram, Matt Stoker one. That's the numeral one, Matt Stoker one. You can find me there. I'm also in the second shot Facebook group. I try to pop in whenever the shows get premiered. So you'll find me in the comments section. I'm hanging around. I'm, I'm floating around trying to get out of my little bedroom office uh, as much as I can. So look for me on the internet, wherever you can find me. Exactly. Um, at Apple Zackintosh on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm still doing my movie podcast, uh, Off Script Film Review. Uh, it's on iTunes every Tuesday. A new episode goes up. We're definitely hurting for things to watch now that theaters are closed, but we're getting creative over there. So swing by and see what we're doing. And yeah, check out our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash second shot. It's engaging. It's important to talk to people through this stuff. And you never know, a little positivity just might do you some good. Yes, and we would love to hear from you on the Instagram page, facebook.com, or sorry, oh my gosh, it's been a long day, instagram.com slash second shot podcast. Um, we are blessed to have all of you as a part of our community. Matt, Zach, love you guys, and we'll do it again next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs>